0: Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: you gotta figure out a new way to enter
1: the uh Yeah, people most act. people have like a thing that they say, right? Like Yeah.
0: yeah. Or they like yeah. they do a
1: bit. You know, yeah, do I don't know about better. doing a bit.
0: All right. <laughs> so where should we start?
1: Um, wherever you wanna start. You you you're the one who has like, I think, um, more yeah, like better better ideas of what we're we're talking about. So there's a couple things we're gonna we're we're planning to talk about, right?
0: Well we're gonna do the cancer we're gonna do three. The Cancer, the Leo, and the Virgo. Is that where we're at?
1: Yeah, that's where we're at with astrological signs and But why don't you tell us about Metatron first? Because I was curious about that. And.
0: Uh, Okay. Yeah. So, So what
1: was your experience with Metatron?
0: Well, I've had a couple big experiences with him. Um, So, the first, I'll just do the major one that I'm thinking about, and then what happened recently. Um, So, one of the things I got into when I started developing my mediumship was uh I got introduced to a a shaman she was like a there's different you know forms of shamanism but I guess the oldest one is like uh based out of like Siberia and it's like the most classic version of shamanism and shamanism just uses like any repetitive sound really but typically they use drums or rattles and they help you get into what's called theta state it's like um It's like the meditative state. Your brain has four major states, beta, alpha, theta, delta. Um, Beta is like when you're active, like if you're gardening, you're like moving your body around and you're like paying attention. Uh, Alpha is like when you watch TV, like you're aware of what's going on, but you're kind of sedated. Gotcha. Um, And theta is like meditation and delta would be sleep. Okay. So when I got into all that – she kind of introduced me, or told me through journeys and stuff, work I did with her that you know one of my, I guess, abilities or um, reasons for being here is to help people pass. Um, and it's called a psychopomp. That's what they call it. In Charleston. yeah,
1: they also have like death doulas. Like that's is that yeah
0: like not only just people here who are passing, but oh, also but like
1: other. Yeah, like Like
0: spirits are stuck or um, there's a lot of things or spiritual attachments or different entities. And um, anyway, I kind of went through this like whole, I would say it was like a two year period where I pretty much thought I was losing my mind or at least schizophrenic. And um, I would just be really aware of all these like kind of spirits lingering And, um, you know, she taught me that, you know, when you're vibrating a certain way that like you almost become like the light to like spirits who are lingering or stuck here. And what happens is they'll, they'll attach to you because they mistake you for the light. And she told me that I would go through like a whole initiatory process You know, I didn't think it was going to take, like, two, three years. (laughs) Yeah, but, like...
1: And it's not a linear process. Fine. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I just didn't think it would be like this. You know, it was really scary. I mean, I thought there was, you know, there was a time where I really thought I just fucking lost my mind. Yeah. Um, You know, I would just be really... I would be, like, super aware. And I would, like, feel the trees... And just like so many things. And I would feel like these spirits kind of lingering, you know, I worked in Manhattan at the time. So I'd be in the subway. You can only imagine what's down there. And, um, I would take on these spirits. Like I would feel them latch onto me and I would feel Mm -hmm. this like pressure in my chest. And then I would have to like, it was kind of like a practice, you know, like I would, feel these spirits and I really had no control over it in a sense like they would just attach to me and then I would feel them with me and then it would like it would almost weigh on me until I you know got rid of them or help them you know I would compassionately send them to the light but you know it was like a process Um, and Hmm. it would just keep building and then they would get like it would It was almost like it was, like, warming me up, you know? It would, like, they would get harder and harder in a sense to help them pass or they would be, like, you know, I would have, like, interdimensional beings that were, like, so weird you can't really explain it. It was, like, almost like a – like, having them attached to you would almost be, like, a psychedelic trip because it was, like, they weren't from this reality.
1: Yeah. No wonder you think you're crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, anyone
1: else would tell you, you were crazy. Like if you went, if, if you reported this to a doctor, they'd be like, okay, you have psychosis. Like, (laughs)
0: yeah. Well, I mean, like, to be honest, I thought I really did because like, you know, even the first, so the first time I actually worked with this woman, she told me all this stuff, like, you know, that I'm going to have this, uh, initiation period. And she told me, So like when the first one of the first journeys I did with this woman, so a journey that she drums and you kind of like I have my own experience, she has her own experience, and we kind of just talk about what comes up. Yeah. So like the first one of the first journeys I did with Mm her, right? As soon as I close my eyes, I see this like being, and he looked like um like Nosferatu. Do you know who that is?
1: Yeah, the like original Dracula kind of thing.
0: Yeah, he looked like that. Yeah, and, creepy. Yeah, and <laughs> he had this like I'll never forget. Like he had this like um it almost looked like like a flag or like but it was like lit up behind him on his back and it was red and blue and that's all I saw the whole journey. He like took up my whole mind's eye and I like couldn't get away from him and I couldn't go anywhere else. And I come back from the journey And she was like, Did you notice anything? And I'm like, Yeah, uh, I saw this Nosferatu looking thing, and he like consumed my whole like vision. And she's like, Yeah, you have a spiritual attachment. And at the time, this was before I kind of knew what it was. I'm like, What the hell is that? You know, like I just started kind of really opening up to my mediumship. I didn't even know anything about this. Yeah. And she was just like, yeah, you have what's called a spiritual attachment. So, and she explained what I kind of just explained before this. And I was like, So, what do we do about this? And she's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to work with my guides and we're going to remove it. And I was like, Okay. And like the whole time she's talking to me, like this, like, like unknown, like it's like this indirect anxiety that, like, like I don't know why I'm feeling this anxiety, but I felt a ton of it. You okay. Know, it was like overwhelming, and I could see, like, almost like my eye, like, I was like blurry vision. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Because I don't know where this is coming from. Like, I'm not necessarily like an anxious person, you know? You
1: don't seem like it, no.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty like calm and laid back. And I'm like, this, all this like emotion's coming to me, and it's like not making sense. It's almost like I'm not feeling the emotion, like, it's coming from something else you know? And uh so she starts the process and she starts like rattling and I start feeling like this intense pressure in like my right shoulder. And then all of a sudden it just feels like this, it's almost like this energy is being ripped out of my body. And I'm just like sitting yeah, there. like what? what?
1: Oh no, go ahead. Keep going.
0: No, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? like, you know, and I'm just feeling this like intense pulling and pulling and pulling and it goes on for like five, ten minutes while she rattles and then all of a sudden it's gone. And it's there's it feels like almost like a weight has been lifted out of my body. And it's like you didn't realize how heavy the weight was there until it was lifted, you know? Yeah. And,
1: so and did you just keep seeing like, spirits and stuff after that? But or
0: what was that?
1: Like, did you keep seeing spirits after that, like as much as you were before, or did that kind of stop too?
0: No, no, it, it got worse. But oh. that was like the, that was like, uh, you know, kind of like an awareness, like, like, holy shit, like, what the fuck, you know? Like, you don't realize it's kind of going on until it happens, I guess.
1: Okay. Okay. I gotcha.
0: And then, um, it kind of like blew my mind. I, I just, you know i didn't know what to think about it like part of me was like am i crazy like am i like did i go down like some weird you know i don't know schizophrenic like hole that i'm not aware of like that i have in me Mm -hmm. you know like and then like who do you really talk to that about
1: yeah i don't know (laughs) i mean. Yeah, you find somebody who's not who doesn't assume that you're insane, I guess. But I
0: mean, this is this is almost 20 years ago. Really? Right. Yeah, so like I don't know. I was probably in my 20s. I'm 39 now, so maybe like 15, 16 years ago.
1: Wow, yeah.
0: So like then like who did you talk to about this really? You know? Yeah, I
1: don't know cuz I mean, when I kind of had whatever um I don't know if I would call it a spiritual waking awakening as much as I would call it like an ego death or something Yeah, uh, that kind of led to more of a connection to spirit, but Oh no.
0: Yeah. I mean like I, I, and I'm not the person who's going to like really seek people out necessarily. Like I kind of, I don't know. I I, that feels like vulnerable to me to like almost ask for help, especially then. Like now, I feel like I would, but yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if I would like, I I wouldn't feel comfortable like being vulnerable and like letting somebody know, like, all this, like, yeah, well, because it's like
1: more understood now, or people talk about this kind of thing more, it's more like trendy or popular or whatever, but like. 15 years ago, definitely not like definitely somebody would think you're just like a nutcase. Um, so I don't know. I don't know who you talk to, but
0: what, so what, Oh, what after that?
1: Or like, what did, what did that have to do with Metatron? I guess.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, so they just kept getting worse and worse and more intense, more intense and then it was, I think, New Year's Eve, actually, right, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was kind of going through this awakening process before it was kind of cool, and I was, like, very super empathic, and it was a lot for me to go in public, and my wife actually, uh, she went out for New Year's Eve, and I didn't want to go out because I was just, like, I felt like something was like going on, you know, in terms of like the attachment. And I just felt super off. And she was actually going out in town with her friends. And I was like, I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to go out. So I stay home and I just felt like this thing was like inside of me. And it was very like strong, intense, um, didn't really know what was going on. And I just felt this like overwhelming, like fear of like death like that I was going to die that night. And Jesus. Yeah, and I got so nervous I got in my car and was going to go to my She doesn't even know this happened actually. This is this is how crazy I am. I don't even share this. <laughs> on a podcast. But I went in my car and I started driving. Cuz a lot of times what happens with attachments is like you don't even know it's something until you, like, you have to have this, it's almost like a realization hits, but you're like feeling these things and you think it's you, but it's actually some a spirit. That's what makes it so difficult. It's like you question your own beliefs, your own emotions, and you're always kind of questioning yourself, like, is this me or is this something else affecting me? And it takes time to like realize when it's something else and when it's you. But at the time, I wasn't clear yet. I wasn't that aware yet. So I, I was feeling all these crazy emotions, like I was gonna die, and like I got in my car, and I'm like, I gotta, I'm gonna go see my wife before I die. That was like my thoughts, and I'm driving, and it just feels like almost like a lightning strike, and I, I, it comes to me that something is within me, you know, like yeah. something's messing with me. And I like, I halfway there, I turn around and I decide, you know what? I'm going to, I had a healing room in my house at the time. I'm going to lay there in my healing room until whatever is going on is cleared out of me from like, so I'm like the hollow bone, like as clear as I could possibly be. I'm going to clear out every piece of gook from my body. That's what I thought. So I drive home. I lay on the bed and I like started to like really freak out because whatever was within me was like messing with me. Like it was purposely like being hard on me in a sense. And I said like a prayer out loud. I said, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't do this. Like Uh I'm going to wind up like killing myself or something. Like I thought I was going to like really lose my fucking mind. And it terrified me like that. I was just going to be this like crazy person. Yeah. And as I said that this like golden light, like covered my whole body and I felt Metatron. Ah. I didn't know. Yeah. And he came to me and I saw all this like sacred geometry. I was laying on there. Okay. he, He ripped whatever was within me out of me, like pulled it out of me, did this like full healing on my whole body. And he, like, talked to me. He's, like – and he told me that um, this whole process was just an initiation and that I needed to go through this and I needed to know my edge and I needed to work through this in order to do what I need to do here. And that was it.
1: (laughs) Wow. That's really crazy, though.
0: Yeah, and and then he –
1: Like, this lady kind of – identified this attachment right and it she i guess she attempted to pull it out of you but all it all it did was kind of like piss it off maybe maybe and i mean or she started to but like the real work happened later or something i'm not saying she was a quack or anything i'm not at all but i just it just feels like yeah she she did she like started it but you had to like go through it to finish it. If that makes like, you, you know, like the only way out is through, like it wasn't, wasn't done yet. Like how things get worse before they get better or something.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think I needed to like know that I could do it myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Like that's really interesting to me. And I didn't, I mean, I guess I've not, I don't know. I'm not super familiar with like Metatron. So I don't know like what he really does or how he works um but that's really interesting so okay well that makes me want to talk about psychedelics but why don't you go ahead and get into like your more recent Metatron experience because it sounds like he kind of comes through at like critical moments or something maybe like
0: I think he um you know I don't know I think in a way he's come to me during like other things but it's always like he comes through as like a guide for me I don't know if he's like a personal guide or he's just like that for everybody you know mm-hmm. like he's an angel you know maybe he kind of work, you know the same way Archangel Michael kind of works with people with protection and stuff like that
1: yeah like works with everybody and is kind of like just arounds you can call yeah, like an
0: overseer or like you know checks yeah. it you know I don't know but um, I've was recently, I I mean, I read this book a long time ago and I've kind of been drawn back to it. It's um, Damien Eccles, Angels and Archangels a Magician's Guide. Um, I never really got deep into magic just because uh, I never felt the need. I feel like, you know, some people do magic or rituals because they maybe have problems connecting or connect you know, invoking different spirits, but like spirits have always come to me. So I never really felt uh, the need for it. But recently, just from doing all these uh, clients for mediumship and stuff like that, I feel like it's almost, uh, you know, there's a lot of residual energy. And I was just kind of looking into like different things to help like clear my energy field as well as, like, clear my energetic space. And, um, you know, like, they have, like, banishing rituals. Yeah. And I don't know if you're familiar with that stuff. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so I started – in this book, he has, like, basic um, – like, just basic ways of, like, working with uh, angels to kind of clear your space and mm-hmm. clear your energy and i feel like it works for me for some reason like the the lesser banishing ritual it's just like a way of like calling in the elements and calling in the angels in every direction and kind of
1: yeah is that the sort of like pentagram thing like yeah yeah and like the directions and the elements and I've, i've done that before i know what you're talking about
0: yeah so that's the pentagram is basically the five elements, and it's calling them in to like kind of balance you and like center you mm-hmm. in a way. So like if I do a lot of sessions, I'll I usually start I'll start like a group of sessions with it. Like I'll clear myself, and then after I'm done with my sessions, I'll do it again, right? So, yeah. you know, and I felt a lot from it, and it feels like it really does work for me, and um. So I started, like, kind of getting deeper into it and, like, just reading. There's, like, the hexagram instead of the pentagram. And I have a friend who is a ceremonial magician. And she talks to me about different things that she's doing. And she recommended to me out of nowhere to work with the planet Jupiter, right?
1: Yes. I think you told me about this.
0: Yeah. So you do – what you do is, like, you do the pentagram and then you just – like kind of do the symbol of Jupiter in every direction. And it just makes you connect to Jupiter. Um, to be honest, I haven't really felt that much from Jupiter. I felt like a spiritual entity kind of working with me, but I haven't like seen actual like manifestations of it or anything yet. But that being said, I, I, she talks about different things of like in working. She says to work through the planets like that, invoke all of them and kind Cut of it. learn and see what they do for you in a sense or like what it does for you. Like, you know, like Jupiter's connected to abundance. And she told yeah. me to work with Jupiter first. Cause you'll see like abundance coming into your life, which it might be coming because I've been getting a lot of clients and stuff like that. But, uh, she said she started working with star systems where she invokes stars. Right. Yes. So I've been feeling, this is kind of a long-winded story, but I've been feeling connected to the Pleiades. Like every day I do a session with people, I feel like the Seven Sisters. Yes. The star system. So I was laying in meditation and I said, you know, give me like a sign of something that I can work into my new program, you know, my new process as a symbol. And I saw Metatron. And he gave me this symbol that looked like an N, right? Yeah. So initially I thought – I actually thought of the rune N. It's like a rune, the Nordic runes. Yes. But then I was like, this doesn't make sense. He wouldn't probably give me a Nordic symbol. So I said – I looked up like Hebrew N symbols and the, the letter N or the – it looks like an N – is uh, the letter tav in Hebrew? Yeah, and it means mark, sign, omen, or seal—a symbol of truth, perfection, and completion. It represents restoration of all existence. Okay. I—I so, I mean, I don't yeah. know. I thought that was pretty uh, symbolic. And thought that was—is that
1: on it, like the dreidel? I want to say it might be.
0: It might be. I don't know. Like, it it represents like- oneness.
1: Okay, yeah, like oneness with God. Oneness. Yeah, so I
0: thought, yeah. I don't know. And, like, part of me is, like, I don't know, just hesitant to, like, try this. But I guess I should just do it, right? Um.
1: Well, yeah, I mean... Well, what do you think it means coming from Metatron, coming into, like, your process now? Like, maybe, in, well... Yeah, like, in connection with Jupiter, perhaps. Like, what – does it connect to something you're, like, currently seeking? Does that connect to, like – I don't know. I think, like, I don't know. I mean, what is the – what do you interpret it as?
0: I don't know. Like, Metatron is always, like – for me, has always been, like, high vibration, like, high energy. hmm you know, Like, the sacred geometry. It's, like – kind Of, like, perfected, you know, in a way, like, or maybe I don't know if I'm right, but I think Metatron was a human first, right? Uh, then I think he became an angel. I, I, mean, I
1: think that might be right because I feel like Metatron didn't he like interpret the word of God or something, like,
0: or I thought was he was Lord? Ezekiel or something, or like, uh, not Ezekiel.
1: Um, no, I know that I know the answer to this. Um, Enoch.
0: Enoch that's right you're right because I wanted to name I was going to name my son Enoch
1: oh really that's very um like <laughs> uh yeah that's that's a little much I think
0: yeah, I <laughs> well, my wife didn't agree we went with
1: yeah <laughs> I mean it's it's like that's just a very like um you know Mennonite or like Amish kind of i I mean it is but i feel like not like people aren't i don't know it's it's a little too like woo woo or something yeah (laughs) but i hear you um
0: yeah so he like kind of to me represents like the ability for a man to become you know a form of god or an angel yeah
1: that makes sense that makes sense. And that also makes sense with the, with the Tav, like Hebrew letter, you know?
0: Yeah. So that to me, it's both uh, uh, like amazing and interesting, but it's also a little scary too, you know? Cause it's like, you know, w- you know, even enlightenment, it's like, it's kind of can be terrifying because it's almost like you're losing yourself you know.
1: Oh, yeah, your ego wants to like hold on to its like own individuality and can't quite like make sense of like yeah, the the idea of oneness. There's a loss of self, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, anybody who's that. had an ego death experience knows that it's like there's a big moment of like being terrified. yeah
1: Yeah. i mean yes but also like i don't know in my experience with like an ego death kind of a situation it is scary and but there's also a bit of relief it's kind of a dual thing at least for me like yeah, it's scary, and I don't really like – I'm definitely resistant to it because I have, like, you know – We all have, like, the ego drive and the, like – uh, the need to feel like we're somebody special or something. But then there's also, like, a relief that goes with it because it's like, oh, wow, like, I'm <laughs> – this is a universal like whatever problems i have are universal and it's not just me and i can forgive myself and i can like m- move forward or some or something like that you know what i mean like yeah it's scary but also there's something kind of beautiful about the idea that it's just like i'm you know yeah you're human and whatever mistakes you've made you can you can forgive yourself for that. You don't have to like beat yourself up over it. Cause I think that's like, I mean, I think that's a lot of people's issue. It's like, they want to do certain things. They want to achieve certain things. Like they have dreams and whatever, but what holds them back is the idea of failure or, um, like the shame of like not being good enough or something. Um,
0: it's interesting. I never and something about like the ego about death. Like I
1: think you have you have this ability to kind of like just accept like the reality that yeah you will make mistakes and you you know you have been shitty to people and you've been shitty to yourself. Um, like you've doubted yourself and all of that. But there's some there's some relief in knowing that it's just a part of the the experience of like being <laughs> like it's it's actually kind of boring and and everyone has this thing going on you know like that's the oneness like or the buddhist idea that like we all kind of suffer um and that's something that connects us all like some does that make sense i don't i'm sure i'm not arguing yeah there.
0: no i mean i think like <laughs> to be honest how you were just saying it like i never even really thought about it necessarily like that but it now that you say that, I feel that definitely. Yeah, but I mean, in my experience, it's like this moment of like being terrified, and then it's like the realization, like it's almost like accepting your suffering. You know, like yeah. at, like you know, look at Jesus. Like you, you suffer, you die on the cross, you accept it. You're in hell temporarily, and then and
1: then you're reborn.
0: Yeah, and then you're in heaven, and then you're the son of God. You know, it's like,
1: exactly, and that's really beautiful, I think. And like that, that's why I mean, it's like a, it's like a relief. You know, it it does sort of feel like. I mean, I don't know. It's not like a lasting thing because if you're still like existing in the regular reality and going through life, like you, you, you know, the ego is still there. But when you have those moments of like. That like aha kind of epiphany, uh, it it is relieving at least for me. Like more than it's scary, um, although I guess it, it has been scary too. But
0: yeah, I mean the I fear see, is more
1: related to the resistance to like letting go of. Well,
0: like them. I've had a co- I've had like probably three like major where it felt like a major shift in like. With, like, an ego death. And I definitely, from, like, the first one to the last one, it was less terrifying each Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Because I think you're more in your ego, too. So, like, the more you're in your ego, the more of a dramatic shift it will feel like. Yeah.
1: I mean, then that's, like, the, the whole point of, like, meditation, I think, is, like, to kind of subdue the ego and... Or at least, like, get comfortable with, like, what it has to say and not – and, like, let it kind of flow through you and not, like, attach yourself to it as much. And I was going to mention this, like, thing about theta waves because I learned this recently. Um, Like, I have ADHD and, like, whatever, and I've been on this whole journey of kind of, like, learning what that – actually really means uh rather you know it's not that I'm just like scatterbrained and like distracted and late all the time I lose my keys a lot like all those things are true but (laughs) but it's like it's like this whole deeper kind of thing um but I learned recently that people with ADHD are, are more frequently in like a theta state than the average person which sounds kind of contradictory to what we know about AD or what we like think about ADHD which is that like we have these kind of like hyperactive like brains and like just constant like thoughts and moving from like one thing to another not being able to focus but the other side of it is that like people with ADHD can like hyper focus and when you are like hyper focused on a task um you're kind of in this like theta state that most people have to like work hard to get into, you know, like you have to like practice meditation or, you know, uh, a lot of people do it through like exercise or yoga or running or whatever. But like, if I'm just like, you know, doing some kind of work or what, like cleaning or whatever, whatever I might be doing, it's like, I get into this groove of like, where I can't really stop and I'm not thinking I'm just doing, I'm just like, yeah. Like I'm just like hyper-focused on whatever the task at hand is. Like this happens a lot if I'm like writing something or uh yeah. Like if yeah. just when I get something in my head that I'm going to do and I start like, and I get into my like mode of, you know, I, it's hard to like, detach myself from that, but it, I have like no thoughts going through my brain. There's no like consciousness. It's almost like a subconscious flow of like, I don't know, like creativity or like just activity. But it feels it is sort of a meditative thing. Uh and it can be kind of hard to like snap yourself out of it because it is sort of a altered state. Um and I like need to do more research on this, but it's something I just learned like literally the other day and i thought that was really interesting because i'd never thought of it like that i thought of it more as like
0: no i mean now that you say that i totally like that's how i am i do things in like you know like even me like if i'm doing i love doing like woodworking and like do building stuff like i literally like could spend i could probably work 16 hours like if I'm doing something like that, I want to create or like that, I want to build, it like just flows and time doesn't even seem real. Yeah. It's like yeah. you just all of a sudden, like last, yesterday, I was working on the, my, doing my floors and it was like all of a sudden it's like seven o'clock at night. I didn't mm-hmm. eat or anything and I'm just like, what yeah. happened? You know?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Like, and it can be as, st- okay. So like even if you're, Like, I don't know, I I can get into this state just, like, doing, like, research on something, like, or, like, when I started learning tarot, like, I would just get, like, into, like, pulling cards and, you know, just, like, try, you know, figuring out how to interpret them and, like, asking different questions and, like, uh, like, not so much, like, doing any kind of, like, looking up of anything, but just, like, yeah, like sort of talking to spirit, but I would, like, lose time. I would lose an entire day um, where I should have been, like, working or whatever. Um, yeah. And I'd look down and it was, like, five hours later and I was late for something and, you know, whatever. But, yeah. but it was just because I was, like, so kind of into what I was doing and, and I was learning something. I was engaged with it, but in this – not in, like, an active – not in some, I don't know, it was intentional, I guess, but, but it was more like I was in a flow state than I was in like a, you know, kind of a active, like, I'm gonna get this shit done, kind of thing. Like it wasn't anything yeah. I needed to get done. It was just something I was like interested in and I was like
0: Yeah, you're just like moving through it. You're not necessarily
1: yeah, absolutely. And not
0: necessary. Absolutely. like, oh, I gotta finish this, I gotta do this, then I gotta do this. It yeah, that's where
1: I get anxiety. Like that's where my anxiety comes in, is like when I like have a bunch of things I feel like I need to accomplish and uh I start like thinking about all the like pieces of that and it feels very overwhelming like that's where like i do forget things and lose things and you know get get super distracted and procrastinate or whatever but when i'm just like kind of inspired and i get into like yeah that state of just like flowing through it that's that's definitely more like meditative and i like i like doing things with my hands like repetitive tasks um you know like digging a hole or whatever, you know like if i'm like planting things in the garden like that that can become like a very like meditative thing whereas like earlier you described something like that as being more like beta and like i don't know if i think for me when i get into doing something like physical it's more like a it's more meditative and i think people find that when they're like yeah like they're running or doing yoga or whatever like their thoughts kind of just like flow out of their head and they're just like breaking through their typical like brain waves or yeah, whatever well, you're like
0: kind of surrendering into what you're doing instead of like making it an Forcing. actual task. yeah you know I mean? because yeah. it's usually things that you're like for me it's things that i like love doing like i'm cutting the floor i'm not like oh, I got to get this done. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's like, oh, I really enjoy using the saw. Mm-hmm. This And oh, I'm going to get the chisel and I get to use the chisel now. This is fun. Like, Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's like, I don't really like uh, even my floor. I'm just like coming up with different designs and like, oh, I want to try this pattern. This will look cool. And then I'm just like letting it go and then cutting piece by piece instead of being like, oh man, my floor is not done. I want to get this done. Why isn't it, yeah. done that? you know, it's like you're allowing, your like, it's like being creative, but in your own specific way, you know?
1: Absolutely. Because when you're sitting there saying like, I need to just get this done, that's when I think you're more like prone to making mistakes or it feels like a chore and it like isn't enjoyable. But when you like allow yourself to do something you just like to do and, you know, yeah, it's like, that's definitely your ego telling you, like, this is something I need to get done, and it should have already been done, and I have all this other stuff to do, so I can't really focus on this, but I probably should, you know, find some time to work on it, I don't know, it's like, yeah, but
0: even look at, in terms of, like, manifestation, or, like, even if you want to go, like, you know, cheesy, like, manifestation, simplicity is, like, if you're, you're, like, having this like urge where you're like, I got to get it done. This isn't done yet. This is taking forever, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're in that frustrated energy Mm -hmm. and you'll cause yourself like by the, by manifestation terms, you'll cause yourself to attract that experience where you're Mm -hmm. frustrated, angry, whatever. But then if you're just like, Oh, this is so much fun doing this. Like I love working with wood. It's like, what are you going to create? You're going to create something that matches that energy of like love and joy and happiness and stuff like that. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what they say about manifestation is like when you have a desperation or like a, like fear of not having, not getting the thing that you want, you're going to push it away. Whereas if you're just like more open and accepting and grateful for whatever it is, you already have your, you're more likely to receive or manifest the thing that you're wanting.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, fear is not a good, uh, like, yeah. It's <laughs> fear is not a good way to like welcome or be open to receiving anything. I guess yeah, is what not. they say, and I I think that that's so true. But it's hard in this world to like just do the things you like to do and flow because. So much of the time, we have a lot of responsibilities that really we probably don't care that much about or aren't, uh, don't align with our, you know, true, authentic sort of uh, needs and desires. So, like, you know, you have to go to work and your job isn't really Aligned with like who you are, what you want to be doing. So it's hard to be in that like open state. You're definitely more in a state of like resistance and
0: whatever.
1: But <clears throat> I don't know. Um,
0: yeah, that's just yeah. something I've
1: been feeling lately. Uh, not well, that I hate my gotta job. Move, but... You
0: got to focus on something. I mean, I don't know. You got to try to like manifest. I mean, it's in terms of manifestation, if you're doing something you love and you're, you're doing something you want to do, it will just naturally flow better, you know? Or at least, you know, maybe there's just so much contradiction because your programming and your subconscious also, like, has these beliefs probably passed down from your parents uh-huh. and kind of reinforce these ideas that contradict, like, really what you want, you know?
1: Absolutely. And also just, like, the fact that, like, I think a lot of people are more just, like, prone to be in a state of resistance or, you know, forcing themselves. Like, I think, you know, especially if you've experienced any kind of, like, trauma or you had a kind of chaotic childhood, you're more, like, you feel more comfortable or safe in a state of, like, chaos or drama or whatever so it just is more natural for you to go to this place of like oh my god everything's shit and i'm so pissed off and i'm like you know and like kind of cause more of that
0: yeah uh,
1: then well, then it is to be like okay like you know what i'm gonna just like this is what i'm doing this is this is a responsibility but i'm gonna find a way to like you know see the good in it or find a purpose in it and I don't, you know what I mean? Like there's, there has to be a way to just kind of like surrender to the reality of things, even if it's not what you necessarily want, because the more you create like problems out of things you don't necessarily want to do, uh, the more problems you kind of open yourself up to in a way.
0: Yeah. Well, you gotta like, think about like what really motivates you. And like, what, you know, like you may want things, but like, what are you really doing? You know, like, what are you, what are you really putting out there? No matter what you say you want, it's like, what are you,
1: what, where are you actually doing? putting your energy into? yeah, like what are you,
0: what are you, what are you telling the world? What are you telling people? What do you, you know, um, I was actually just talking to somebody about like archetypes and mm-hmm. like, um. I always felt, I think I've moved out of it. There's definitely still a part of me that's, but I feel like uh, I always felt like I was like the trickster. Like oh, like the
1: magician?
0: The, well, like I, like the trickster is like somebody who like. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. I think of archetypes in terms of like tarot cards, but I know what you mean. Like, I feel like.
0: What's the magician probably,
1: mean? The magician is number one and he's like definitely a powerful manifester but there's this kind of like dark side to the magician that's like sort of a trickster and sort of deceptive and think about somebody like alistair crowley like um that's how i kind of think of the magician like yeah there's this like kind of magical power and like spiritual uh power but then there's also this kind of like dark side that's kind of deceptive and
0: well, it was, or, <laughs> whatever. well you ever did you, have you ever seen the movie the joker the new one with uh, oh well,
1: yes okay so that's okay
0: gotcha that's, Go ahead. that's who i kind of picture as like the archetype of the trickster in a way like somebody who like has like some sort of like hidden awareness or hidden knowledge and it's kind of like mani- it's like a manipulative energy or like maybe an antagonistic energy
1: yeah i think that's i think that is sort of what i mean when i like mention alistair crowley but maybe i just have a bad view of him but like or not it's not a bad thing necessarily because i think we need there has to be people like that who have this sort of
0: well it's like a start it kind of like it's like an energy that kind of to me it like stirs things up
1: Yes, exactly. It's like a- maybe
0: like you're thinking something, and a trickster energy will like make you see another side that you never thought you would see
1: yeah okay
0: but but in a way, it's also because of their own motivations or there's some other there's some other like plot or in a sense, you know,
1: okay, so how do you think you're a trickster then like what do think, you see-
0: well i don't i i I think I move through it a little bit, but I. think... <laughs> No, well, it was funny because I was telling somebody who was talking about the trickster energy and the Joker to me, like watching that movie, believe it or not, was like, I viewed it as almost like a spiritual experience.
1: Really? Yeah, because, <laughs> okay. it, it, it,
0: because it like, it made me realize something about myself was that like, I want to have like peace, you know? Mm -hmm. I want to like find a place where like I'm at peace, you know, and I find the things I want and I want to attract certain things. But you watch that movie and what that movie made me realize is like. You can't be the Joker and say you want peace. Okay, because he doesn't want peace. He wants chaos. He doesn't care what happens. Right? He, He doesn't even really have a goal. His goal is chaos.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Hold on. There's a truck. It's loud. Sorry. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but it's super loud. Um, Well, that sounds sort of like an ego death, right? Like when you describe it like a spiritual experience and you like realize something about yourself, like where like you say you want peace, but what you're really kind of giving off is like chaotic or Perhaps like manipulation or
0: well, like if I'm antagonizing people, yes. How much do I want peace?
1: Right. No. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, um, yeah. You like everything you're doing is sort of pushing away the thing that you think that you want, and that was like my experience of an ego death. Right. Like it was like just the realization that. I, I have these certain like needs and like this desire for, um, whatever, like, it doesn't matter what the details are, but, um, or I guess I just don't really want to get into it on here, but, um, like everything I was doing, the way I was behaving, the choices I was making in my life absolutely didn't align with it. And the thing that kind of hit me was I'd been having this recurring dream of um like driving my car into a body of water and um, what do
0: you think that means
1: (laughs) well I'll tell you so I was having this recurring dream but the thing about the dream was like I would drive my car into this body of water and it would be like I was just driving down a country road and I'd like swerve off into like a pond or uh and not like I'm in control of the car, right? But for some reason, I wouldn't be able to stop the brakes. But then once, like, the car's in the water, I'm usually able to, like, not only get out of the car, but I can, like, pull it out of the water. Um, so it was, like, this thing where it's, like, I wanted to delve into, like, the subconscious or, like, the spiritual, my own, like, spirituality, my own subconscious, but I was trying to do it from the safety of, or what I thought was, like, a safe place, um, so I wasn't ever really going there, um, and I was, hol- like, I was holding on to things in the material world that just didn't allow me to really go there, so, it, like, I had, like, ego attachments to things that wouldn't allow me to really go into, like, uh, the underworld or whatever um, which is something I think I needed to do to get like I think it was part of my like spiritual process or initiation or whatever I don't know if I'm making sense because I'm trying to be vague about it and maybe I should just say the details but anyhow I think I I think I was yeah like you know a, I think a car sort of like a house or something it just represents like some sort of security it's a it's just like a representation of like something you own and something that keeps you safe and sets you apart from like just you know say like taking you know a swim or (laughs) taking a walk or whatever and like me trying to in my dream driving my car into water and feeling like I'm not the one in like I am the one in control but somehow I'm not in control it was like this representation that like I have to kind of let go of control if I'm going to like really explore my spirituality and my emotions and my subconscious and like the things that are subconsciously motivating me in my life that make me make decisions that don't align with like where I actually want to go. Um, mm. You know what I mean? Like, like just like, uh, you know, like the work I was doing, the job that I had, like the relationship I was in, these things that I was really attached to, but also kind of resented because I felt like they held me back in a way, but I didn't want to let go of them because I felt safe and secure there. And yeah, I don't know. It's like having, I had that dream a number of times and I had this kind of realization where I connected that to a lot of just, yeah, a lot of the things, the choices I was making and the things I was doing that didn't, really they weren't true to me like I was just I was like working a job I hated I was in a relationship where I was miserable um and continuing to stay in that place I was never going to be able to really explore wh- who I really was or do what I wanted to do you know um
0: yeah I mean I don't know the first thing I've felt like when you told me that is like i thought like um like the car to me represents you and the body of water kind of represents your emotions Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: and i kind of thought like maybe you have to be in your emotions to get out like to like like almost like you have to dive into your emotions to be able to like Take yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah like...
1: definitely that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, because water does represent like the emotions, but I don't know. There was something like very impractical about it. And I had one one dream, like the last one I had, and I had many of these over the course of a couple of years. Um, the last one I had that, like, as I like am getting out of the water, there's this guy who is like this guy in a truck with like a trailer, um. And he's like, hey, like, if you want to, if, <laughs> if you really want to drive your car into the water, like, I have this, like, f- you know, boat or whatever. And, like, you can put your car on it and then you can, what, I, you know, he was, like, saying, like, here's a way you can do it without actually, like, ruining your, destroying your yeah. car. And I was like, no, man, I think I should just stop trying to drive my car into the water. Like, I don't need, <laughs> you know, I don't need, like, some clever way to, like, make that work out. I just need to, like, stop trying to do it, like, the you know what i mean it's like i just yeah. need to like dive in myself rather than trying to do it from like the safety or of my car it. it just doesn't make sense um like i need to make the conscious choice to do that if rather than like just like accidentally uh, i don't know
0: <laughs> no i get it I get yeah it's
1: it really, really silly but
0: to control it
1: yeah my so my dreams are really weird like that I used to have recurring nightmares about uh roller coasters uh when I was like much younger, and I'm still not quite sure what those were about, but I don't have them anymore uh, I mean, I think yeah probably I just have like a i just had like a desire for like drama and like I was on an emotional roller coaster, and i, <laughs> yeah, I mean. uh, you know <laughs> needed to get the fuck off of it but
0: uh, yeah i mean yeah
1: <laughs> it's pretty obvious right like
0: repetitive set trauma
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: and the need to like get out of the pattern
1: get out of the pattern yeah um i don't know yeah so interesting though so the joker to you helped you realize that, like, you were being kind of uh, like an antagonist or um, a trickster or whatever, and so
0: what... Well, like, the culmination of the movie, um, you saw it, he, like, shoots the guy at the end, and then he kind of, like, just sits there while chaos is going on, and it's like he didn't have a goal. Yeah. He just wants chaos.
1: There's no, like, real intention.
0: Yeah, so, like, so then it made me, like, kind of analyze like why am I antagonizing people and it's because of control you know when you antagonize people you kind of like get them to react on an emotional level, level instead of like on a logic or like in their own safe way they they react based off of me kind of like manipulating the group or the the you know whatever so it's like what am I doing that for you know and it kind of made me look at like codependency and stuff like that and how it connected to like codependency. Cause I feel like in a way I'm kind of connected to codependency based on like emotional trauma of like my parents and how they, yeah, like a, lot of their, a lot of their, um, you know, like everyone thinks of codependency in terms of like alcohol, drugs or whatever, but it's also like, there's also like emotional codependency where you kind of like people control you based off of like their emotional state and stuff. Yeah. Like that. And I feel like I kind of like from being involved with that from my parents, I feel like I kind of like, can you, you know, I know how to, I know how to read people and I know how to like motivate people. And even in my career, it's like when you're in control of a group, you know, it's kind of like, if you know what makes everybody tick, you know, you know how to motivate people, you know, and it's not necessarily that I'm manipulating, um, well, manipulation's negative in a general way, but I'm um, like, a lot of times it's to like motivate people and like make people work, but it also is antagonizing. So it's like, you know, you play to people's egos and stuff like that to kind of mm-hmm. motivate a group, you know? And I just yeah. found that, like, you know, if my, if my real goal inside of me is to make people like feel better and like, you know, I'm going to bring through mediumship and a healing capacity. Like if I'm trying to heal people, I'm not going to antagonize them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get that for sure. And I, I don't know the codependency thing I think plays into like my car dream, honestly, too. There's something like just, like, not being, like, a lot, I think a lot of my, my emotional state was so caught up and, like, tied to, like, other people's emotional state, whether that's, like, or, like, what other people wanted from me, you know, like, rather than me doing what I needed to do and taking space for myself, it was, like, I had, I felt like I had this, like, people-pleasing sort of drive to, like, and yeah, like I absorbed a lot of other people's feelings. That's some, That's been like a theme throughout my whole life is like that I'm, I mean, I think it's sort of a clairsentience kind of thing is what I've found. But I think before I sort of figured that out, it always just felt like I was absorbing other people's energy all the time. And that really uh, weighed on me. And also, but in a way I had sort of an attachment to it or something like that. Um, so like learning to, detach myself from like to be there for people and to uh you know be able to like read for them or or help them or support them you know I used to be like a social worker so I had this like con I was just constantly kind of bombarded with like people's problems and all of their feelings and all of their shit and I would take it home and I would just like I'd get home after work and I'd have to just like sit there for an hour just like staring at the wall like <laughs> to like decompress because I would just like be so overwhelmed with like all this shit from other people and I didn't know how to like properly have boundaries or anything um but that like you know that kind of perpetuated itself in all of my relationships like family and romantic and all of that and it's like I had to find my way of like maintaining myself separately and like, you know, just like, yeah, separating myself from like and my own feelings from everybody else's. Um, I think that uh, that had to do with like this, or that was sort of what that dream was about in a way, um, or it was connected. And yeah, I definitely had like, ugh. I don't know. I had a lot of like realizations at that point in time, but I think I'm better at it now. Like, but it still comes up at the same time my desire to like please people or, well,
0: because absorb it's people's all, because energy all these parts of this that are innately in us.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's definitely like intergenerational trauma stuff, like whatever's going on with you and, you know, it, the codependency and like your family dynamic. Like, even if you're aware of it, it still, can play itself out and let until well, until you like realize it and like
0: break this Think about just like say if say if you can learn clairsentience right like or empathy it's like how would you create somebody who could learn empathy you would put them in a family where they would learn empathy you know right or, like, <laughs> As much as it was suffering, you know, maybe a lot. Like if you're, if you're dealing with somebody whose emotions kind of run your whole environment, say as a kid.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: What What would you do to like be more aware of that? You would grow those abilities. So then, if you're hypersensitive, it's easier for you to eventually become, you know, clairsentience because you're so fine tuned into feeling what other what's going on with other people just from being that you know in that environment
1: that's such a articulate way of putting it you have a way of like breaking things down that like makes perfect sense and isn't (laughs) like you know what i mean like so many people would explain that in this like complicated way and i probably would too because i'm like long-winded and stuff but but yeah, like as a kid being hypersensitive and empathic, like I learned how to like do what I needed to do to sort of like protect myself and to keep people in my like home or wherever, uh, you know, just to kind of keep the peace or or keep myself safe. And and it always was it was more of a defense than it was like a intentional practice and learning how to, like, kind of read, read people and be empathic without it being, like, um, something that, like, I absorb and I take, I take in, like, and hold on to
0: um, well, you're, you're, see, the thing is, it's like, when do you learn something when you like, really have to, you know, like, if yeah,
1: yeah, what
0: I'm saying if it's like, based on your survival, you're gonna, you're gonna get better at it. than if it's like, Oh, I'm just trying to learn something. You know, it's yeah, like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I mean, I think it was all useful. I, I like the way that I grew up and like the, the dynamics, like, the, I mean, it goes beyond just me growing up. It goes to like, how my parents grew up and how their parents grew up and like it goes back probably many generations. The kind of, uh, yeah, like (laughs) the, the, the dynamics go back a long ways. Um, but I think like I kind of took the step beyond just like using it for survival into like using it as like, um, as a way of like breaking the cycle or something, if that makes sense. Like, you know, like my mom, for instance, she's a psychologist. She's very empathic. She's a Gemini. I said that before, but she like reads people very well. Um, And I think it, I think it definitely came out of like, uh, like learning that skill came out of a sort of need to survive um, and, and being in survival mode or whatever. Um, even like going to school and like becoming a psychologist, like that was out of sort of being in survival mode. Like she, you know, she like yeah. needed to have like a a job that would support herself and two kids and get her out of like a like poverty. Um, and you know, I think. I could have gone the same route and I think that like was expected of me in a way but I think that there's like what I had to learn was you know that I don't need to be in survival mode you know like I can break free of that and I can still I can still serve the world but I serve the world like better if i take care of myself first and i'm aware of myself and i'm true to myself uh rather than just like trying to constantly like yeah like take care of everything else and make sure everybody else is okay like that's like the women in my family like period they're like they're like not they will totally neglect themselves and their needs in order to make sure that everybody else is okay um even though it's, like, hella codependent, right? Like, I don't mean to talk shit about my family. This is just, like, I mean, there's probably a lot of people whose families work like that. Um, But I think, like, for me, it was, like, going beyond that to to kind of learn how to, like, care for myself. And I'm not neglecting everybody else and doing that. I'm actually more prepared or more, like, Able to
0: you know where you're able to be more authentic to yourself and be true to what you feel and then you know
1: yeah rather than just like going based on what everybody else is feeling, you know, like which is something that I think a lot of people do. They just act based on how other people feel or what other people want from them, rather than like thinking at all about what they actually want or need.
0: Yeah, but I feel like you can't love other people if you don't love yourself.
1: For sure. Definitely like I mean not I mean you can I think you can like love people without loving yourself, but like it's not it's not the same thing as loving yourself. And that's where I think people get confused like it's like oh, if I like I think a lot of people and I definitely am guilty of this is like you know, wanting to love someone and show someone love in order to get love in return. And getting that love in return is just like the validation that I need in order to like love myself rather than like it working the other way around where it's like, I love myself and therefore I can like love other people and accept who they are because I love myself and accept who I am. Um, There's like, this tendency to try to do it backwards.
0: um, Well, I think there's it's like a fullness, you know, it's like, you can't give, I don't know. I feel like if you're, you're not loving yourself, there's like a, there's almost like a fullness that's missing.
1: Yes. There's a, there's something always missing. And that's like, that was, yeah, that's something like, I'm still learning, but like, yeah, I think, I think that's,
0: and there's almost like a like a <laughs> martyrdom or a self sacrifice if you're not like I don't know. I always
1: syndrome, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: you know, I that feel it, like, like, that you like that you value
1: yourself because like you're able to sacrifice. Yeah, or
0: there's like a guilt attached. You know, there's a there's conditions on your love. Like, oh, I'm doing this because I love you, but it's like, you know, I don't know. I always felt like a tremendous amount of like guilt. Like I had a do a certain amount of things because my mom was sacrificing things
1: yeah uh uh-huh and and that was probably like
0: I hated that feeling the most
1: yeah yeah because it feels like you're being you know like I don't know I think that's how a lot of like family relationships work is like you're guilted into doing things because like I did you know like I raised you and I clothed you and I like changed your diapers or whatever and like Therefore, like, now you kind of owe me or, you know, like, that's – and it comes – it is, like, this thing that comes out of, like, desperation, like, you know, not wanting to be abandoned or some other kind of, like, attachment issue, Um, you know, rather than, like, just, like, the unconditional love, like, you know – I mean, I think unconditional love is, is more, like – <laughs> like, you know, it ha- it's more about like setting boundaries and being true to yourself that, you know, you have more of a capacity to love people unconditionally and accept them. if you uh, are true to yourself and have, you know, the ability to say no at, or, you know, not to just do things out of obligation, but do things out of like, like coming from your heart, you know?
0: Yeah, or love and accepting yourself for you, who you are right
1: exactly i think that's very its an astute way of looking at it i don't think this is what we plan to talk about at all honestly (laughs)
0: um
1: here we are well i kind of want to get back to the joker thing a little again just because okay so if you're no longer the like trickster archetype how do you see yourself now
0: i don't know if this is egotistical but i feel like the king
1: king okay so describe that a little bit
0: well the king is like the the like somebody who like has had all different experiences and Mm -hmm. is like you know more like the overall archetype of like all-encompassing kind of like has you know a a somewhat understanding of kind of like every sort of archetype you know like a piece of it you know, like, I'm capable of being the Joker if I need to be.
1: Yeah, okay. I'm capable okay.
0: of being this if I need to be. I could be the magician. I could be the, yeah. the, the warrior. I could be. And it's like, you Right, kind like of a like, good
1: king is all of those things. A good king is a warrior, a good king. Yeah, I mean,
0: there's a shadow aspect of everything. Right. But it's like the goal, you know, I think the king is like somebody who kind of like, knows a little bit of everything and is like well-rounded and is capable of like stepping in and out of different types
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know yeah. w- when, when needed like you can be the leader aspect you could be the warrior you could be you know the hermit you could be you know whatever it's like mm-hmm. the the king is the person who kind of at you can least be
1: an advocate you can yeah you know. it's like
0: the king to me is more represents more somebody who's like open to like the experience and kind of like at least is aware of kind of all different paths.
1: Like the full spectrum of of, 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 like experience. Yeah. I hear that. I think that's, I think that's a probably accurate for you now. Cause I guess like when you, when you kind of related yourself to the Joker, I was like, I don't know. I mean, Maybe there's a there's like a piece of you that that like fits, but
0: well, there's also like the, the Joker is like the the Joker in that movie is more like chaos, chaos. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I was I'm more of somebody who like can like kind of manipulate a little more like emotionally or mentally, and like kind of like see what makes people tick and kind of like pull the strings, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I have that, too. I think, I mean, I'm a cancer, so I think we're the, high, like, most, like, highly manipulative, like, uh, kind of, or, like, most, like, emotionally manipulative sign, I guess. Um, but we can get into that another time. I just, yeah, I definitely relate to the kind of the, but, it, yeah, it's, like, you can do that, but it's it's the kind of skill that, like, has to be used with a lot of, um Awareness or something yeah. like you know, it's like sometimes it is useful, but not it's not useful like it, within like personal relationships or yeah,
0: you don't want to antagonize you want
1: healing people. energy, You're, you can't like manipulate someone into like healing themselves. I yeah. promise um, <laughs> yeah. you can try, but you will yeah, fail. The
0: real love isn't through like manipulation.
1: No, absolutely not. And I think that that's where people get real tripped up. But um, I think
0: you get away. You know, that's why it's like the Joker brought that awareness of like, you can't find what I'm seeking through like chaos. You know?
1: No, yeah,
0: and Definitely that's not. that was really it. Um. Yeah.
1: Okay, we're at an hour 15. I feel like we probably have to go, right?
0: Yeah, I have a session in five minutes.
1: Okay, all right. We'll have a good session. You Uh, too.
0: Have a good day.
1: (laughs) I'm not having a session. Um, Although I do do tarot readings if anyone wants one. There Um, you (laughs) go. Okay, all right. Well, all right. Uh, We're going to end it here.
0: All right.